Hi, everyone. This week, we are featuring an encore episode during our mindful break. This is one of your favorite Spark Joy podcast episodes from 2019. We hope you enjoy it, and we look forward to seeing you at the top of next year. Happy holidays from Spark Joy Podcast. There is a finite number of things in your home. So there is a start and there is a finish. So you can pace it out in a way that's most comfortable for you. In our experience as KonMari consultants, we've really learned that the length of time that your tidying event will take consists of about three really important factors. And they all play together. They all interact with each other. And some can be more significant than others, depending on your circumstances. Welcome to Spark Joy, the podcast dedicated to celebrating the Kamari method and the transformative power of surrounding yourself with joy and letting go of all the rest. With your hosts and certified Kamari consultants, Kristen Ivey and Karen Sochi. And now, here's the show. If you've been inspired by the Netflix Tidying Up series and you instantly jumped into starting to tidy your clothes and other categories, but then you quickly found that other life priorities got in the way of your progress, this is the show for you. Tidying Up Kamari Style is a one-time special event that requires consistent effort and prioritization. It's a project, a series of steps that need to be executed in an efficient series in order to shift behaviors you may have had all of your life. So the less glamorous or obvious first step to tidying is actually planning your tidying event before you dig too deep. But before we jump in, you know what time it is. It's time for a joy check. Kristen, what is sparking joy for you today? Well, I am really, really proud to announce the Tidy Home Joy Journal is now available on Amazon. Yay! I'm so excited. It's officially launched and it is, yeah, ready for the world at this point. I love how Amazon allows me to sell it not only in the US, but also on Amazon.uk and other platforms that allow my message to really spread. It's been a hit right from the jump. Once I shared it with my network, everyone rallied around it and was able to you know, help me get it onto the bestseller list on Amazon. Number one bestseller in multiple categories. That was amazing. <laughs> so yeah, I'm just kind of riding the wave of this new book, offering some giveaways to celebrate and just sharing the message. And if you'd like to get your hands on a copy of the Tidy Home Joy Journal, a great way to do so is actually to sign up for our Spark Joy Club, where you get a copy of the journal as one of our rewards, as well as entry into the Spark Joy Club community. Well, I can't wait for my copy to get here. I know a lot about it, and I know how hard you have worked on this, but it's really kind of hard to believe it's actually happening. And I know that there's a lot of people out there who really are excited about getting their copy. Yeah, I'm like pinching myself. Like it's really out of my hands now. It's it's on Amazon. And yeah, I'm just reading the reviews and everything is so special and positive that I'm hearing. And it's just sparking a whole lot of joy. <laughs> awesome. And what about you, Karen? Well, for me, nothing quite so dramatic, but I'm looking forward to having a little staycation here in the city. 
And I am often reflecting upon my love of hotels. In fact, there was a time not too long ago when I was sure that what I wanted to do is go into hotel design. And if you think about it, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, what is more organized or more minimalist than the hotel room when you first walk into it at the end of some travels? So I love staying in hotels. I love it so much. It is really one of my favorite things to do. I don't even care if I go anywhere once I get to the hotel. I could just stay in the hotel. I could have room service for dinner, lunch, and breakfast. I don't know. There's just something about a really fun hotel room. And in New York City, there are all kinds of little boutique hotels. So we are going to be staying at a boutique hotel in downtown. Downtown, don't get to as much as we used to. So it's going to be a very fun little adventure. And that's what's sparking joy for me, just the love of hotel rooms. That sounds fun. Yeah, I have a lot of clients to say, I want my room to look like a hotel. So it is kind of the ultimate tidy living space. It's great to just take a break from the tidying too. Someone else does that for you, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that part is great. Except, of course, I'm the kind that actually, I don't say, I wouldn't say that I make my bed for the maids, but mm-hmm. I definitely, I'm very aware of not leaving a huge mess. So I'm one of those people. <laughs> So now on to the show. During SparkJoy episode 56, we chatted with my client, Beth Walker, and she tidied with me for 60 hours total. And after that show aired, we got a great question from a listener named Anne that led us to create this episode. So I'll read a little bit of her question here. She said that, I just listened to the 60 hour single mom podcast. Whoa, my favorite ever. I've always wondered how long it takes to Kunmari. This guest mentioned doing a category, then stopping and practicing a bit before moving on to the next. How many days and hours or sessions does it take to tidy? How much time do I set aside? Do I do it in a month, in a year? What are different ways you have seen it done? I got so tired after a few categories, I quit. How can I pace myself to actually complete the entire process and get out of it what the single mom did. So this is really a great question. And so now we're going to do some real talk. It's so important to remember that when you're thinking about your tidying event, you need to first step back and consider how long you have experienced a lifestyle that consisted of having more clutter than you feel comfortable with. It's going to take time to dig out from maybe sometimes years and years of accumulation and reverse behaviors that kind of got you in this situation in the first place. Yeah, it definitely is a project. And typically an American home, at least on average, has 300,000 things, more or less, of course. (laughs) So that's potentially thousands of yes or no decisions that you'll have to make in the course of a tidying event. So naturally, that takes time. And I understand why someone would be a little bit confused about what that amount of time would actually be. Because when the life-changing magic of tidying up debuted, we learned that Marie Kondo suggests that tidying should be done quickly and all at once. That has a different context when it comes to perhaps a 600 square foot or less flat in Japan versus a 5,000 square foot home with multiple levels in a garage in America. <laughs> so, right. so quickly all at once is definitely more than a weekend for sure. 
and usually leans to the month, three month to six month range, depending on your particular situation. In my experience, a Kanmari tidying vent can require anywhere from 15 to 30 plus hours of time. As we talked about with Beth's situation, we worked together for 60 hours and she had a multi-level house and was tidying things that she probably had for 30 years. So this was really, you know, a deep dive into the items that she was keeping around in her home. So it varies for sure. But the good news is there is a finite number of things in your home. So there is a start and there is a finish. So you can pace it out in a way that's most comfortable for you. In our experience as KonMari consultants, we've really learned that the length of time that your tidying event will take consists of about three really important factors. And they all play together. They all interact with each other. And some can be more significant than others, depending on your circumstances. The first really important one is pretty obvious. It's the size of your home or your apartment. So just as Kristen was saying, if you have a really large space and you are like a lot of folks, you may have filled every available into that space. If you have a smaller place, even if it's full, it's still not going to hold the same amount as somebody who has five, 10,000 square feet. So even though every person is different, and I've certainly worked with a lot of folks who have really small places that have a lot of things in them. And then I've worked with people who live in bigger places who don't have quite as much stuff. Clearly, the size of your space will make a difference. Yeah, size is definitely important. It's not the only factor, but it's definitely where we start. I always ask, what is the square footage of your space? Or usually people know like how many bedrooms they have and things of that nature. We have two great examples already on of SparkJoy episodes that are reflective of kind of a large home tidying style and a smaller home tidying situation. So definitely check out the episode 60, which we already referenced, where we talked to Beth about you know, tidying for 60 hours at a time because she had a multi-level space. And also check out episode 62, where we talked to Marina. Marina had a smaller studio apartment, I believe, right, Karen? That yes. was your client. And was able to execute this. I believe she worked with you on about three occasions and she was able to do homework in between and really move the needle there. So it all depends on the size. The smaller homes definitely make things easier in a sense, but can also be more difficult because there's a little less storage. So it's always challenging. Absolutely. And then, of course, the next factor would be the volume of your clutter. And again, when we talk about volume... Keep in mind that a thousand pieces of paper can take up the space of, you know, one handbag, really. So so sometimes the volume is measured in different ways depending on the category. But certainly the amount of things that a person has can make a huge difference as far as, you know, how long the process might take. Yeah, I often say rate your volume on a scale of one to ten kind of thing, where one would be like a minimalist home where ten would be perhaps, you know, leaning towards maybe chronic disorganization or hoarding behaviors uh, in terms of its safety. So uh, that's how we kind of gauge the volume of clutter when we're approaching a task with a client. But again, you know, as Kristen said earlier, that it doesn't matter what your volume is. It is a finite number of things. 
I would say that whenever I ask my clients this question, when we're before I meet with them, they say that they have more things than anybody I've ever seen, (laughs) which is never true. But, you know, so the volume that you may be experiencing in what feels to be like this is just insurmountable, it is surmountable, it is doable. So even though, of course, it will play into how long this process will take, it is completely doable. And I don't care how much stuff you have, you can definitely do this process. So then the last factor is how quickly you're able to make decisions. Now, that seems kind of obvious, but sometimes we work with people who are really thoughtful and methodical about every item that they have. They really want to think it through carefully. And then I think we both have a clients that are so quick to get rid of things that we have to slow them down a little bit and everything in between. Now, of course, keep in mind that if you're working with a consultant, the consultant's job is to help coach and mentor you through that decision-making process. So sometimes if you're a person who really struggles with that decision-making process, you might want to consider checking out episode number 49, Why Hire a Conmari Consultant, to learn more about how a consultant can help you here. There's also a consideration in terms of who is sharing your home with you. Sometimes that can delay things a bit, not necessarily because their stuff is under your control or you're responsible for making decisions about it, but just the fact that you are surrounded by it or the other people in the home may or may not be on board with what you're doing. Sometimes that can sabotage or slow the pace of things. So if you do share your space with others or feel responsible for your children's things, or there's like a lot of different people in one home, that could also potentially slow down your pace a bit. Or perhaps it could also quicken your pace a bit. There's also things that may speed up your tidying event. And and one of which is people who are on board tidying along with you and giving you encouragement. Sure. And remember that regardless of whether or not your family members or the people who share your home are on board or not, you can still tidy your own things. And even coming to the realization that, wow, it doesn't matter what other people are doing. I can actually make a huge difference in my own life by just tidying my own things will help you really get focused and will make the process go quicker. Then there are also things that may really speed up your entire process. And sometimes these things are external factors you know, and they might really induce a sense of urgency. Some of these things are a baby on the way, moving, getting married, or getting divorced, or some other change in your relationship status. Of course, a loss in your life or other major event. Tiding is one of those activities that requires you to make the action a priority for the short term. And when you do that, you're actually creating long-term change. It's only temporarily something that you have to put your attention on in a very efficient way, but eventually the process will end and then you can shift over to the maintenance side of things and everything will have a place and you would change your behaviors in terms of what's coming into your home and crossing the threshold of your home. You're more mindful So it's unlikely that the clutter will return. So how do you create this sense of urgency or priority in the short term? It's important to think about your calendar. That's the first place where you need to confront 
perhaps a bit of clutter. So it's important to ask yourself some questions like, does my calendar spark joy? Is there clutter there too? Or maybe what activities are showing up the most or the least on my calendar? And uh, you could think about you know, how those also are reflect your values and your interests and see if there's an opportunity to maybe let some of those activities go, at least just in the short term, so that you can make more time for tidying. So it's important to schedule a minimum of three firm appointments with yourself. And what we need mean by firm appointments, meaning they are non-negotiable. So no moving it over because someone else's activity you know, trumps your self-care. It's important to set these appointments in stone, whether you're working with a professional or tidying independently. And over the next three to six months, you're going to joy check signature Kamari categories. It may take a little less than three months. We want to keep it under six months. And you're going to be tidying no more than three to five hours per day. The reason why you do that is because if you tidy less than three, uh, you won't really see the impact required to keep that motivation high. If you tidy more than five, you might experience a bit of a burnout. Your decisions are going to become cloudy and you will become unmotivated very quickly. So it's important to really take the time to temporarily delegate, delete, defer, delay, or diminish some of the priorities filling up your calendar. We talked about this in SparkJoy episode 16 with Kanmari consultant, Amanda Jefferson. The question, does it spark joy, is a simple one, but not so easy to execute alone. Extend your tidying experience by joining the SparkJoy Club, our online community filled with our clients, fellow listeners, and Kanmari enthusiasts ready to support your journey. If you find yourself buried under clothing, stuck on storage, or pointing fingers at untidy housemates or family members, we want to help you finish your tidying journey once and for all. Support the show at the Joy Riser level and receive access to our exclusive virtual community, as well as the Tidy Home Joy Journal, your number one tidying companion. Visit sparkjoypodcast.com and click on Join the Club to get started. And now back to the show. We do recommend that you aim for a goal of no longer than six months, if possible, because this is not meant to be a never-ending process and a little bit of urgency keeps you kind of focused and motivated. If you recall in the Netflix series, they had the little day timer, so they were showing that the, the families involved were actually trying to get it done within, you know, a reasonable amount of time. And of course, the sense of urgency there was the fact that they were producing a reality TV show. Families on the average on the Netflix series were tidying for 30 to 40 days or so. And as you know, as listeners of our show, they had Trisha and Jane working behind the scenes to help the families get through that process. So for those families, getting through the process pretty quickly was important because they were anticipating the next visit from Marie. And again, you can hear more about Trisha and Jane's experiences with the episode Tidying Up with Marie Kondo Behind the Scenes, Spark Joy, episode number 68. 
And let's talk a little bit about the pace, because now that we've determined we're doing our tidying about three to five hours at a time and trying to keep within or under six months, it's important to understand how to basically organize the activity of tidying. And there's a couple of options that we have experienced, one being the marathon style. This is when you take off a week from work and you tidy up for seven days straight, for example, all at once. This is quite aggressive (laughs) and uh, not necessarily the most popular option, but for some personalities or life scenarios, you know, it makes sense to tidy this way. Perhaps if you're in between a job, I had a client who was transitioning into a new home and also starting a new job. So she had a little bit of downtime. And so it made sense for us to tidy fairly quickly in a week or so. And then I also had a client who decided to dedicate her vacation to it because she just knew she wouldn't do it if it wasn't batched together in that way. So for some, it makes sense, but just note that it can be extremely uh, tiring to not really honor those breaks of time in between your tidying, because those breaks are very important. They allow you to reflect and they allow you to regroup and also kind of think about those lessons that you're learning from your clutter. One of my favorite clients did a marathon session. She called me and said, my family and I I'm moving in two weeks and I'm having a baby in a month. (laughs) So that was crazy, but we got it done. And, um, you know, those are those circumstances that we're talking about that sometimes lead people to really needing to do this in a very fast fashion, which is not ideal. But, you know, sometimes that's what life hands you. So you deal with what you have. And more commonly, we see that these events, this three to five hours of tidying time spread across a month, for example, and maybe three to five hours of tidying time really happening, you know, once a week, for example. So some people choose to tidy every Saturday or maybe every Monday night or maybe even every two weeks and also once a month. I have a client who calls me in once a month. She said, I'm going to call you in once a month until we finish the job. So it's up to you in terms of your pacing, but we don't recommend going beyond once a month because, yeah, if you're not putting your attention towards tidying at least once a month, it's probably going to start to slip further and further down your list of priorities. And remember, the entire point of this process is so that this never happens to you again in the future. And one of the key components of KonMari is that along the way you're learning how to evaluate the things that are coming in and going out of your life because things will continue to come in. Our lives are not static. And if you delay the time between categories too long, then you're not really integrating those lessons in your life. So that's why we really suggest that that you at least do this once a month and make a goal of getting through it in about six months. And when you're tidying three to five hours at a time, you want to start by focusing on one category And sometimes one category might spill over to your next date that you are tidying. So don't be discouraged. That's totally common. You might have a ton of clothes. And so clothing might take you a couple lessons, for example, and you're just getting started. So that uh, makes sense. So you might have to dedicate, you know, one to three days of tidying to work on clothing, but maybe you might get a break where you have less books or less papers. So that goes by a lot quicker and you get caught up. 
So it really does depend on the quantity here and, of course, the pace of the decision making. So, again, just as Anne was stating in her question to us, this importance of completing the entire effort is so critical to keep yourself from falling into the trap of doing one or two categories and then not ever getting past to the end of your KonMari process. Just making a commitment to doing this, no matter how long it takes, really seems to be the big distinguishing factor between people who find this to be a very successful method and those who find themselves stuck. Now, there are a lot of things that can lead to KonMari fatigue. And this is, you know, what happens when you get to a point where you just can't imagine doing this process. And again, this can be a real pitfall. And the danger is, is that you don't get past, you know, a particular category or categories in order to to realize the actual benefits of doing the process. So here are some of those things that can lead to KonMari fatigue. Tidying while tired. And again, Kristen was talking about this idea that you don't want to do more than five hours. What I find is that after five hours, for most people, of course, there are exceptions, they start having a hard time making decisions about what to keep and what to let go of. And the decision almost always leans toward keeping. So when I'm working with a client and I notice that they're holding on to more items than they had been an hour ago, I know that that's when it's time to stop. Another thing is setting unrealistic time frame goals. And again, we've already talked about this a little bit. Don't set yourself up by saying, I'm going to get this done in a weekend or I'm going to get it done in a week. If you do, great. But it's much more important that you get through the process than you, you know, meet some unrealistic or arbitrary goal. Feeling impatient with yourself is also a big thing. So a lot of times I see that clients become really discouraged with their ability to decide what to keep. The clients who say, you know, nothing sparks joy. What I hear when somebody says that is, I'm getting really frustrated with myself because I don't even know what I want to keep. Please try to reframe that into something more positive. I always tell clients at that point, you are being very thoughtful and careful about the decision making because you are not happy with the decisions you've made in the past and now you've decided you're going to do something different. So be gentle with yourself. This is a hard process. Getting overly concerned with how others are not contributing to your efforts. There is nothing more frustrating than discovering that you're spending hours and hours tidying your own things, and yet other people in your household are not tidying as well. Again, remember the important thing is to focus on what you're doing and how this will impact and improve your own life. We find over and over again that once one person in the house begins to tidy, other people just fall in line. You would be amazed at people who you might never imagine would even consider sorting through their things will jump on board and really begin to see the benefits of it along with you. The other thing that can cause KonMari fatigue is devoting huge blocks of time with no breaks. Even if it's only three hours or five hours or more under some circumstances, you must take breaks, whether it's just a break to get a cool drink, to walk around the block, to just sit down for a minute, to have a snack, whatever it is, give yourself breaks. I've worked with a lot of clients who are so gung-ho on getting things done, they start to feel tired and fatigued and thirsty before they get to where they wanted to go in our session. So I spend a lot of time reminding people, take a break, take a minute, go get a drink of water. Let's have a quick little snack. We can have a snack while we're tidying. 
but just make sure that you are taking care of yourself while you're doing this. What's your favorite snack, Karen? So when it comes to snacks, I am the worst. I have a long-term protein bar delusion. That delusion says that protein bars are actually good for me when I know they are just candy. But I have to say that when I'm tidying, a protein bar really does a trick. A protein bar and, you know, some nice flavored salsa water, those are actually my two favorite snacks. So I always try to have those on hand. Yeah. What about you? Well, I have a lot of water, definitely, (laughs) always on me at all times. We do a lot of talking in our job. (laughs) And also, many of us have speaking engagements as well. I know that's the case for me. So I feel like I'm always talking these days. And then, of course, we have our podcast, too. So it's important to always stay hydrated while you're tidying. And I love to have my swell bottle around me at all times. And I also very recently started to make little graham cracker peanut butter sandwiches. Oh. And those are really great because they're grabbable. Of course, I always have my wet naps around as well Mm -hmm. to clean my hands before grabbing them. But I usually have that around me and maybe a green apple. Those are great because they just give me that refreshing feeling or give me that little boost of energy that I need sometimes when yeah, the tidying gets rough, right? <laughs> yeah, but I will say that the one thing that I don't do, and I actually encourage clients to schedule their time when they won't be getting hungry for a meal, because I, for me, I find that if I have too much food, then I get tired. Mm-hmm. So I really avoid, you know, trying to make sure that we schedule around, you know, good nutrition and making sure that you, you know, you've had your breakfast or we schedule around lunch or dinner so that you, you know, you're not having a big meal in the middle of your tidying because that can be really tiring as well. Very true. The last important thing to consider is to not tidy while you're not feeling well, not feeling your best. So if you're homesick from work, that is not necessarily the best day to start tidying. It might be tempting because you're home, but make sure you feel well because this can be a really strenuous process. You might be pulling things out of your closet or hauling books around or who knows what else, you know, depending on what category you're working on. And you want to make sure that you feel well and that it's not a day when you're just not feeling it. You know, this is something that requires concentration and remember that your vision is so important. And sometimes if you're not feeling your best, it's hard to keep your vision in the front part of your mind while you're doing this. So making sure that you are tidying only when you're feeling, you know, Good. It's a good positive thing and you're not feeling under the weather for sure. You may be wondering, how do you know if you're taking too long to finish your KonMari tidying event? And yeah, this is a problem that we see you know, a lot. Um, and one of the main reasons that our clients approach us because they say things like, hmm, I tried clothing and then I got stuck and then a year went by And I realized, yeah, I want to get started again, but I just don't know where to begin or I don't know what the next step would be. If you find that you are overanalyzing what comes next or that you keep trying to tidy, but you're just like hitting a brick wall for whatever reason, we definitely have a lot of resources on this podcast to help your journey. So continue to stay on the journey with us. And of course, we encourage you to join the Spark Joy Club because that's a virtual community that 
can connect you and extend your experience so that you have access to the resources that we can provide you with, whether that be the Tidy Home Joy Journal or access to us answering your specific tidying questions and challenges. But if you reach a point where you just feel like you don't know where to go and you've tried every option, getting virtual support, networks, trying it on your own, it might be time to bring in a Kamari consultant. And if you're not sure if you're at that point, we would love it if you head over to Spark Joy episode 49, where you can hear a little bit more about why you should hire a Kamari consultant and how you know that it's time to seek the help of a professional to move you forward a lot more efficiently. We're really encouraging you to pull together all of your available resources, not just your family and friends who may or may not be completely supportive, but also online communities. Of course, Spark Joy Club is ideal for this endeavor. But of course, as Kristen was saying, you have the books, you have other online resources, you have other people who are going through the KonMari tidying process. Again, a great way to meet those people is the Spark Joy Club but also consultants. I mean, consultants are available all over the world and they are available in many, many different formats. There are resources like the Joy Journal. There's all kinds of support and help out there. One of the things I think we both want to make sure that we emphasize is that it's not about being perfect. So as you're going through the categories, it can be sometimes easy to get discouraged if you then look back on a particular category and and recognize that, wow, so today I might have gotten rid of entirely different things. Or today, you know, the things that I thought sparked joy when I went through my T-shirts don't necessarily spark joy. Keep marching forward because I don't care how long you've been doing this process. I don't care how long you've been living the KonMari lifestyle you will find that your vision for yourself and for the things that you own and the things that you want around you changes over time. And that's actually a good thing. That's what you want. You want to be always moving forward and evolving as a person, which is one of the main reasons that Marie Kondo really stresses this idea of looking toward the person that you want to be in the future, not the person that you have been in the past or even the person that you are today. Keep marching forward. And don't forget that it's not about putting all this attention on organizing and tidying forever and ever and ever. It's about getting your tidying event done so you can get back to the living part, really shifting your attention on the experiences rather than the stuff, which doesn't matter as much as the relationships that we have, our health and our wellness. I couldn't agree more. I think that one of the things that almost everyone who goes through this process discovers is that as concerned as they were with their things before they started, the things in their lives have taken on such a backseat after getting through this process, which is amazing. And one of the things we just really want to emphasize is this idea that before you begin, just spend a little bit of time along with creating your vision to consider how you'll make this work. We talked about the calendaring. We talked about making sure that you're in the right space emotionally and mentally and that you're prepared to take this challenge on as far as timeframes and your motivation and your commitment really to doing this. My grandfather always said that you should plan your work and work your plan. And so I think there's a little truth to that in this process as well. And it doesn't matter how long or how quickly you get through this process. Make a simple commitment 
that regardless, you are making a life-changing decision to bring joy into your life via the KonMari method. So now we want to hear from you. Tell us your burning, tidying questions or share stories about how KonMari has impacted your life. Head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe and review the show, which helps us reach others along their tidying journeys. To extend your tidying experience, you can join the Spark Joy Club. Visit sparkjoypodcast.com and click join the club to become a member of the Spark Joy community, or you can join us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope your day sparks joy. Thank you for listening to Spark Joy with your hosts, Kristen Ivey of For the Love of Tidy in Chicago and Karen Sochi of The Serene Home in New York City. Spark Joy, the podcast, is not endorsed by or affiliated with Kamari Media Inc. The opinions expressed on this episode represent the views of the co-hosts and guests alone and do not represent the corporate position of Kamari Media Inc. or the Kamari Consultant Community.